welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I am fucking pumped. We got a full panel tonight, and it's going to be a really fun show. We got a lot of fun shit to talk about, but before we get into it, let me just say that, of course, as always, our show is presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation, and this particular podcast is sponsored by Action Heat and Blue Chew. And before we get into the topics, let me introduce our panel. For a long time, long time coming, he's back, baby. Mr. Hot Take himself, Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? Jawan? Jawan. What's going on, guys? Sorry, I had myself muted. No worries. That was was very anticlimactic for how I built it up, but it's all good. Yeah, it's all Anyway, Joel Jimenez is also here. What up, Joel? What is good? Oh, nothing much, man. Just ready to talk all of these fabulous topics. Um, or as Kana would say, fabulous topics. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, we're, we're, we're reaching in the fucking uh, archives for that one. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and fucking our, uh, our, our favorite panelist, um, well, I, I guess I shouldn't speak for everybody else. My favorite panelist, no offense, guys, uh, Luke Al. Offense Luke, taken. what's up, brother? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Joel's like, fuck you, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, Luke? Well, the band's just glad to be able to talk with everyone again. It's been a while. Sure to get some uh, good hot takes out of everyone. And, uh, you know, just glad to have the four back, you know, talking basketball. Indeed, Woo! man. I, uh,. I got a five-day weekend on my hands coming up. I got off work yesterday, and I don't have to be back to work until next Monday. Um, So, like, five-day weekend, get to kick it off talking some fucking basketball with you fellas. Uh, Can't ask for much more than that. Uh, And fucking some bomb-ass food coming on Thursday. So, yeah, I'm I'm in a pretty good mood tonight. Uh, But anyway, let's get into the topics, fellas. Because uh, we got a lot to cover. So, this story dropped, like, right before we recorded last week's episode. And we didn't we didn't really talk about it because it, it didn't seem as relevant as it has become since then. Um, and because, I mean, it was just like, oh, so, like, well, two things. One, Draymond Green called someone a bitch. Surprise, surprise. Oh, somebody else called... Kevin Durant a bitch? Surprise, surprise. Like, no, no, nothing about that story was surprising at all. Um, however, um, it, you know, we've gotten more juicy takes uh, from that story. So apparently, uh, in addition to Draymond calling Katie a bitch, he also went on a rant about how um, essentially they were good before he got there. Um, they didn't need him, and he should just go ahead and leave. And, you know, uh, apparently his his pending free agency has been kind of a hot-button issue, Um, maybe not necessarily around the locker room, but particularly for Draymond Green. Um, So that's kind of been a source of contention uh, for Draymond Green. Um, And, 
you know, obviously they haven't had Curry recently, so that's hurt them. But they've been losing a lot of games. They're dealing with some drama. Finally, Joel, we, we, we're seeing the Golden State Warriors start to unravel. Um, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But nevertheless, Joel, like, this, this, this whole fucking story had to have you just, like, fucking just, just giggling. Like, shits and giggles, like, fucking loving it. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this whole KD versus Draymond thing? Um, and, and do you, do you buy into the notion that, uh, this, this could potentially be devastating for the Warriors in, in that it, it has a high probability of KD walking, of leading to KD walking next season? Well, yep. For starters, I, I had no feelings that he would actually leave. You know, as much as uh, it would have been, I would think it would be best for him to leave. I didn't really, I wasn't gonna bet all like all my all my money on him. Like, oh, he's out, he's out, he's out. But I was right in that boat with you. I'm, logically, why would you? Like, why? Like, right. you're on the best team in the league. Like, when you're healthy, this team is almost unbeatable at times. Right. Um, so logically, why would you leave? You know, why why you can win championships for like ongoing. But here's the thing. Uh, Durant's always going to have that stigma attached to him. I don't know. I, I mean, some people might think otherwise, but he knows it. He knows it, and now we know Draymond Green knows it. <laughs> like, yes. Um, it's just very much uh, – it's always going to be attached to him. He jumped on the bandwagon, and it's not – people – Look, for all the credit he got for doing what he did to be the smart, you know, for him to do and get his championship, in the back of those people's minds and obviously in the front of many other people's minds, that was kind of a weak move, period. That just kind of was. And, look, and now it's, it's – now it's, you can see he's – and you know how he is. He's sensitive about certain things. He doesn't like people talking shit about him, and especially that his teammates. And I think Draymond's feeling a certain way that, like, why haven't you committed to us? We've already shown you what we could do. Why in the world would you not want to stay here? He's probably thinking the same thing. Why wouldn't you want to stay here? Fuck you. We were good without you. We don't need you. And it's probably a little too early for that kind of sentiment. But guess what? It right. got heated. He was, he, he, Straymon's not one to hold back. And it came out. And Durant heard it. and like, well, fuck you. I was thinking about leaving anyway. But now I might just actually do it. Um, yeah, and he yeah, even might... even like you could if if you read his lips when he walks back onto the court, it looks mm-hmm. like he says that's why I'm out. When he walks back exactly. onto the court from from that like exactly. whole uh, interaction, yeah, like it, yeah, you like you're with me, right? Like that's definitely what he said. That's what it looked like. I'm not gonna argue with you there. I think it's exactly what it looked like. But if you know, I've also seen those videos about the lip syncing where people just make up shit with the looks with like what they're saying. So That's you can true. always That's imagine true. whatever you want. <laughs> what sure. say. But you know, in the end, uh it this could be like the beginning of a mini implosion. I don't think it's gonna interrupt anything it's, I don't think anything major is gonna come out of it. I think at the end of the day they're gonna probably as soon as Steph comes back they're gonna be world beaters again. And if Draymond I mean not Draymond, if if the Marcus gets at at least 50% healthy. They're going to be even more dangerous. Um, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, we'll see what happens at the, in the off season, And uh, it'll be quite a summer in front of us. Yes, it, it fucking certainly will. Um, Juwan, you have been probably Katie's biggest defender on this show. Um, basically saying, 
Um, and, and in hindsight, you may be proven right that Golden State doesn't win the last two championships without KD. Um, I think you're particularly right for last year and, and potentially right for the year before. Um, but, uh, and, and I mean, you you've, have even said at points in time that you thought he was the best player in the league, um, better than even LeBron, um, uh, even as far as two years ago. I mean, I think you were saying that at, at, at after that first uh, finals appearance. Um, uh, with him, with the Warriors. Um, so, like, obviously you hold him in the highest of regard. Um, do you think that essentially this whole brouhaha between he and Draymond Green is making him second guess or, or think maybe that he should go somewhere else? Um, do you think maybe he was thinking about that anyway? Um, you know, what, what, just what's your opinion on that and how it might affect his future with Golden State? Well, I mean, if it's true, and Draymond did say, um, <laughs> you you know, you needed us. Uh, in a sense, yes. To win a championship, did Durant need a team that was just tailor-made for someone to come in and score and just be a dominant force? Yes. But Draymond, if that's true and he did say that, let us not forget you lost the finals and rumor had it you called KD after Very true. to come to the Golden State Warriors. So yeah. for you to be confused, and now <laughs> God, and real quick, now you're upset. It's 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 like and it's funny. I heard somebody else say this, but I I honestly I immediately thought it after like hearing like what Draymond had reportedly said. Um, he's mad because Katie won't commit and he's worried he's going to leave in like free agency. You're like the dude who marries a chick that you were cheating with her <laughs> on her dude. And then, and now you're upset because after, after like being together for three years, she's leaving you for somebody else. And you're like, what the right. fuck, man? I thought we had something special. And it's like, bro, like, <laughs> you were literally cheating on her with some other dude. Yeah. And like, you're expecting any sort of different results. But anyway, uh, Joel, please continue. Yep. No, I mean, you make a great point, but I mean, it, what, what I find weird about it is I thought when Durant went there, his goal was to win a few championships, just so he could say, I won a few championships. Sure. I never really thought he was going to be married to the idea of remaining a Golden State Warrior until he retired. Like, I never no. understood. So it was just like sure. he came to the team to be an ultimate team guy and to win championships. If I'm Durant, once I won three, that's, if I'm not mistaken, the same amount LeBron has, I'm yep. kind of looking to now create a new legacy a new legacy that won't be tarnished by you had to go to a 72-win team to get you. Where might that legacy I'm creating, be? Right. I'm creating a new legacy by going anywhere else um, that's not the Lakers or staying in Golden State and winning a championship right. there. So then my fourth one will mean more than the other three that I got. So what I don't understand is if you're Draymond, one, you called him, that's one. Two, you needed him as much as you may think he needed you um, because it, it is somewhat debatable that if you take Durant off the Warriors the past two years, Cleveland might have had a slight chance to beat them. Uh, I'd say not last yeah. year, the year before, more than anything. 
Um, right. So it's one of those things where it's just like it's not like you had Michael Jordan on your team and Durant was just another another weapon because you already had Michael Jordan. Like, no, you guys were beaten. And then you called him to avoid yourself from being beaten again. So, I mean, mm-hmm. let's not act like Durant hasn't helped Draymond out tremendously. And Draymond is one of those guys that I look at and I go, you should humble yourself only because if Golden State allowed you to leave tomorrow, you would not be able to do half of what – no, no, let me, let me take that back. You wouldn't get the recognition that you get leading, let's say, the Charlotte Hornets or leading the, the uh, whatever, whatever other team. Like you yeah, being whatever Golden team State, might want him, yeah. Right. You being in Golden State is a huge benefit to you. That is how yes. you get all the accolades. That is how you get all the, the fame. Because now when the spotlight's on you, 30 a game with eight assists and four steals and ten rebounds, let's see if you're able to do that. Since it seems like you think you're Durant and you can do all those things, let's see if you go on a team by yourself, can you do that? Um, right. So it's just one of those things where it's like I do not think that this season will be affected in the sense of they won't still be the same dominant Warriors. But I was telling you guys this before. I do think more than any other year before, the Warriors are super beatable because mentally it is not all there. And I know yeah. we like to think the market's coming back, it's going to help. I don't think that that's a, a huge benefit in their favor. It's, you can't it, have it, a if toxic- anything, it's not a given. You still got to work this guy into the lineup, and you don't know how good he's going to be. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't know. I mean, we've seen this happen time and time again from players um, that that are worked in the lineups, and they're still kind of banged up. I mean, fuck, look at Fultz right now. Granted, that's a huge leap from DeMarcus Cousins to Markel Fultz. I understand that. But the point being – injuries and working somebody into a lineup they're not necessarily comfortable with yet. Um, there's a lot that can, a lot that can happen there. Yeah, Mello, there's, there's a good example with, uh, with OKC. I will so, say, go ahead, I will say my biggest thing on DeMarcus Cousins, I don't think there is a physical issue with anybody in that Golden State. Having a guy like DeMarcus Cousins is him coming to Golden Touches. State was supposed to be, we are mentally strong. So you coming here won't mess up anything because we're all mentally strong and we're all mentally right. together. So if right. there's any bit of toxic energy in that locker room, DeMarcus Cousins is the worst individual to place in a situation like that. So my biggest thing is I don't think DeMarcus, even like Joel said, even if DeMarcus Cousins is at 40% and he can only shoot threes instead of backing guys down in the paint, that is still a huge contribution uh, to that team because now all five can shoot three. My, yeah. my importance is mentally, when he comes back, when Steph, is Steph mentally getting these guys on the same page? Is he being that leader that they need him to be? Because if he's not and you then add in DeMarcus Cousins, what then happens if DeMarcus gets frustrated, he has four quick fouls in the first half and he's frustrated now and now he's barking at DeMarcus. Like, what happens right. then? So yeah. my biggest issue with Golden State is if they can't mentally get it together soon, because we all know physically they can, they can't get it together mentally. I really think this year, more than any other year before, they could be bounced out of the playoffs. Yeah, 
I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think it's very telling that, um, like, to quote to quote Eminem, you created a monster and nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Shady. I'm chopped liver. Well, if you want Shady, this is what I'll give you. And that's what happened with KD. Like, KD went there. He was just kind of mm. passive guy in OKC, always he wanted did. to, like, be nice to everybody and everything else. And yep. Draymond was kind of the guy who was like, yo, bro, you need to be you. You need to fucking come out. You need to say shit. You need to be this. You need to be that. And, like, that's, like, KD has been on record as saying, like, the person I was in OKC wasn't the real me. That was me trying to be nice to everybody. This is the real me. And Draymond was a big part of, like, bringing that out of him. And, like, like now he doesn't want to hear it. And you know what? Furthermore, to add on to that, um, like, I grew up with a very, very important, like, lesson that sticks out in my head. And I still, like, can hear my parents saying it to this day. Uh, if you're going to dish it out, you better be able to take it. And Draymond mm-hmm. is the king of dishing it out. And essentially, all KD said was, yo, you need to get me the ball in that situation. And Draymond went off the handle and was like, you're talking to me like I'm some kind of scrub, like, fuck that, blah, 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 and and then flew into all the other shit that, you know, we've heard. Um, It's like, bro, like, dude, you got to be able to fucking take it a little bit, you know, And, and Draymond just can't. And, like, the thing is, the rest of the guys on that team know how to handle that. Um they know how to handle his um, his uh, his personality, uh, you know. But but KD, he, he he ain't fucking being put into that box. He ain't fucking dealing with that shit. He's already been like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not that person anymore. I ain't dealing with that shit. Um, so I feel like there's kind of a crossroads. I feel like you there's you. You ain't going to keep both of them after this season. Like, I think they'll be fine for the rest of this season. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they should keep Draymond for this season. But I think they should um, very seriously, after this season, sit down with Kevin Durant and say, look, we'll trade Draymond Green if you'll stay. Um, like, we have no problem doing that. We will trade him. Well, they'll definitely uh, this off season. So. <laughs> Do what? You know, yeah, like, I mean, they obviously – but, like, see, I don't necessarily look at that as, like, they took KD's side as a lot of people are, like, trying to make it out to be. I think, like, essentially what Draymond said was was kind of bullshit. I mean, it was over the line. Um, but mm-hmm. – and, and I think rightfully so, he should have been suspended again. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily um, – uh, real quick, Juwan, and then we need to pass it to Luke. Yeah, no, no, I was just going to say in response to what you were just saying, it, it's a dangerous game if you're Golden State and you play that card. Because remember, Clay, Steph, and Draymond are super close. Draymond was more sure. close to KD than Steph and Clay. So if you go into that room and you tell Durant, look, if you stay long term, we'll get rid of Draymond. I do think it'll bother Steph and Clay a little bit. Like, you'll bring this new guy in and get Draymond out for him? Like, no, no, no. I don't, I, think I, so. I don't know if it'll go well with those guys. Well, I don't think so because here's the thing. Now that you've locked yourself into this sort of cap situation, if Katie leaves, you can't bring in anybody to replace him. Like you don't have the cap flexibility because you've already got um, Steph signed to a long-term deal. They'll have to re-sign Clay Thompson. 
Um, and you've got Draymond Green making eighteen-ish million dollars a year next year, eighteen, nineteen, somewhere in that range. Um, like you don't have the cap flexibility to bring in anybody outside of like a maybe you could sneak under the under the luxury tax and get like a like a nine million dollar uh, salary, um, you know, for for a player exception. But I don't even think that's the case. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I don't I don't even think that's not with. Not with Andre Iguodala making like fifteen, sixteen million, um, and and um, uh, Livingston making like seven, eight. Um, I, I just, I you, you're so hamstrung. Like, you, I think you have to cater to your best player at that point. Um, but that being said, I ain't trading Draymond this year. Um, anybody who's saying that you should trade Draymond this year to appease Durant is a fucking idiot because Durant mm-hmm. can still walk. Um, but mm-hmm. in the off season, that's a whole different story. And if I could sit down behind closed doors and have that conversation with KD in private, um, uh, of course, with the hopes that, you know, it doesn't get out if KD's like, nah, I'm just, uh, I'm going to go. Like, and then it's like, okay, well, fine. You know, we had the conversation, what have you. Um, but, uh, but no, nah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if <laughs> if I can keep one or the other, I'm definitely keeping KD. There's no fucking if hands or buts about it. Um, even if it's only KD for one year, I'm still keeping KD. Uh, he, like even if he only will sign another one and one, I'm still keeping him um, over over Draymond um, because and, and and the other big reason is because Draymond's contract comes up the year after next, and that's going to be an interesting conversation as to what Draymond Green thinks he's worth um, versus what they want to pay him. So um, that's another conversation. Whereas with a guy like KD, it's simple: you pay him the max because even the max that the NBA allows doesn't justify what Katie's worth is to a basketball team. Uh, but anyway, Luke, um, it, we've, we've already gotten well in and we haven't heard from you. So I, I'd like to hear your take on uh, all of this fucking uh, clusterfuck, if you will. No, just um, what really surprised me is Draymond's the type of player that prides himself on being like really good, like, you know, mentally out on the court, knowing, like, the best play to do it, like, being a good defensive player, like, being a, just, like, a really smart player out there. And if you really look at it, like, that was a terrible play, Draymond. I hate to tell you, like, I, like right. Steph's not going to say it over there, but there were two of us that were well open waiting for the ball, and you tried some hokey, like, weird thing going down the middle. It was just terrible. Dribbling into, like, three or that, four dudes. Yeah, yeah, through the trap, like it was just all around a bad play, and it's just like that. Now you're gonna blow up because you did something mentally that, like, you know, you pride yourself on, you know, being that good player out there that can keep it together. So it was just surprising that, you know, he it went to that, it, it escalated to you know, Draymond's obviously been frustrated. You know, this could be something that you know sparks them, you know, brings a, t- uh, a team maybe together. You know, they've called it out; it's already out there we're not even 25 games in so you know you've already got it out there now let's get past it let's try to do something real quick I mean they've got a lot of different decisions it's not even just the whole Kevin Durant and Draymond Green if Clay Thompson's also free agent you got to give him the max I mean he's gone but there's just a lot of things that you you're spending your top dollar like a lot of money real quick on like you could spend it on two people with Raymond possibly being there when like Juwan, you were saying um, you feel like this is the year that they're vulnerable, but I mean, I've been kind of feeling like it was last year and this year, not because of 
the whole mentally thing, I mean, that is definitely getting to them. Like you can tell, you know, being back-to-back champs, they don't have that much to fight for, but their bench is depleted. I mean, they don't have yeah, that yeah. great of a bench. They're still running Yeah, Dahl is also, I think, a free agent <laughs> after this year or coming up. No, they got a lot of years. He's, he's, but it's, it's just like what they're relying on still is they need to start filling out the bench. And I think as a, a business move, they're going to, you know, come to terms where, you know, you might have to let KD go. If you really want this team to compete and you sign Draymond, you keep the original three, you need to start building your bench and doing more. So it might be the best business choice. I mean, I, it'd be not the smartest move because, like we we're all saying, Kevin Durant is really good for that team. And he does have – that is the reason that they won the last two championships, but definitely the one two years ago. But, I mean, in the end, I could just see it just being the best move for both sides. If you really think about it, I mean, you don't want to spend all of your money on your starting lineup, and now you're just running off of that. Or maybe kicking one of the guys that means a lot to the team and has been there with, the, you know, with Clay and stuff. So, It'll be interesting to see, but I think they'll they'll get past this. Um, something that I keep in the locker room. I'm glad. I mean, it's interesting that as the players that you know, they're fine with suspending them for one game. I didn't think there was going to be a suspension out of that, but you know, guess that's what you get for bringing up this stuff on the court in front of everyone. So now it's in like the spotlight. And that's an interesting point because. I feel like maybe that even is a way that you could sell the suspension Draymond is they are notoriously an in-house team. And David West even came out after his retirement last season and said, if y'all knew a fraction of the shit that went on in that locker room, like y'all would be fucking like flabbergasted. Uh, But you know what? We all handle that shit in-house. So like maybe that has more to do with anything than – like any of what he actually said was just the fact that he said shit where people could report about it and talk about it. It's like, dude, yeah, you're mm-hmm. going to get suspended a game because you didn't do this shit in house. Like if all of this had happened in the locker room, none of, you know, nowhere else and nothing, no, nothing that got out, it would be one thing. But like, and I feel like, I feel like that's something that not a lot of people have been talking about that, you know, it, because they, they, I believe they, the actual reasoning that they suspended him was conduct detrimental to the team Um, and airing shit out in public and causing this like circus of, of uh, media opinions and everything else that's would heavily fall under uh, conduct, uh, conduct, excuse me, detrimental to the team. So like, I, I I think that's interesting. Uh, Just real quickly before we move on. um, Like I said, they, they can't, like if Draymond, or I'm sorry, not Draymond. If if Katie walks, they don't have a lot of recourse to to like fill out their roster um, because of their the the money that they owe you know other players on that team. Um, if, if Katie wants to walk, I would be really, really, really strongly trying to push him opting in and then me trading him anywhere he wanted to go so I could get some sort of return. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is if he wants to go to New York, like opt in and we'll trade you for Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee. Like, because 
if we can get Tim yeah. Hardaway and then slide Clay Thompson to the three, which we all know Clay Thompson can play three, six plus seven. He's one of the best defenders in the league. He plays the two out of um, you know necessity. Well, yeah, he, he's probably more comfortable with the two, but positionless basketball, what have you, it wouldn't matter. Um, and then right. if you get like a veteran like Courtney Lee, um, you know, who who essentially can come off the bench and hit threes for you um, and play a little defense. And, and he's only right. on a one-year deal next year, so it's not you don't have to have him for that long. Um, but, like, if you can get something like that in return for KD, like, and then if you're the Knicks, you get KD and you get to free up that cap space that you couldn't otherwise free up to get another max to, you know, try for another max player. Um, like, to me – that kind of situation scenario seems like a win-win. Um, I, I just wanted to roll that by you real quick, um, Joel and Juwan, uh, as Knicks fans. Um, like, does that make sense to you? Does that like in, in that type of scenario, if KD wanted to come to New York and you like knew, like, would you rather him just sign and have the players that you have, or would you rather like him like opt in and be traded? and get Hardaway and Lee off your books so you could have that extra cap space to go after somebody else. Joel first. I'd be down with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be down with that for sure. A Hardaway in Golden State just seems right, don't you think? I'm just saying. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it would work. I think it would work really well. And I'm not even sure they would want Courtney Lee. Maybe they would just want Hardaway, you know, because the Knicks have right. the money to be able to um, – to, you know, not have to worry about that extra $12 million in cap space. Um, but, like, yeah, like Hardaway seems like he'd be a good fit. I mean, he'd fit right into their starting lineup, whether, you know, whether you're going to, like, quote-unquote put him at the two or the three or, or Clay. I mean, you play the two alongside each other. Um, no, obviously he didn't have the versatility that Katie has, but at least he still gives you shooting. He still gives you – a playmaker, he still gives you a guy who plays adequate defense. Um, it's better than losing Katie for nothing, um, you know. And and yeah, I mean, if you're the Knicks, like, there, I mean, you're getting, yeah, you're getting an extra nineteen million, eighteen point five million dollars in cap space. I think it is. Um, so I mean, that's that's certainly helpful for them, who you know would be looking to um, maybe add a Kemba Walker alongside uh, or Kyrie Irving um, mm-hmm. alongside uh, um, Kevin Durant. Uh, real quick, Juwan, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is that something that, you know, you'd, you'd uh, be interested in? Well, you saying trade KD in the offseason for Hardaway? Yeah. Yeah, like essentially he'd pull a Chris Paul. He'd pull a Chris Paul move and he'd opt Honestly. in. Yeah. Well, no, it's not a signing trade. He would opt in. Uh, under the condition that he is traded to the team that he wanted to be traded to. Um, and so if he opted in and said, I want to be traded to, I will opt in if you trade me to the Knicks. I think the most obvious return for mm-hmm. Golden State in that scenario um, would be um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Because here's the thing, like he could say, like KD could even say, look, I will opt in if you trade me for these specific players. Otherwise, I'll just go sign with them. Because like we're Chris mm-hmm. Paul – couldn't didn't have that leverage because Houston didn't have the cap space to sign him. Like New York actually has the cap space to sign Katie, so like he's got a, even a little more flexibility than uh, than Chris Paul had. Um, but yeah, like 
you know, the way I would see it going down is at least Tim Hardaway, if not Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee. Um, so you could essentially get KD and still have the cap space to go after a Kyrie or a, or a, or a Kimba or, or what have you without having to give up assets to, you know, essentially like pawn off Courtney Lee on somebody, if you will. Yeah, well, I like the trade when you told me I didn't have to get rid of Frank or Kevin Knox. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'd do that trade in a heartbeat. Word. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's move on because uh, we've got a lot more topics and we're already 30 minutes in and only one topic in. Um, but we got a lot to talk about with the Western Conference. Man, the West is fucking crazy this year. And you know what, Joel? I think no. if if we get what we desire out of Golden State, and it's whatever, they win in a championship or what have you, but long story short, if KD leaves, parity is back, baby. Like, it is back <laughs> because the East, like, we got five teams out in the East that could potentially win the Eastern Conference. Like, probably only four that have a legit shot, but Indiana is, like, on the fringe right. there, and they can make some moves good. that – they yeah. look really good, and they can make some moves that put them over the top. They they won a big game last night, minus Victor Oladipo, um, and they yeah yeah and and they fucking crushed. I forget who they were playing, but they fucking crushed them. Like it wasn't even fucking close. Um, and uh, but yeah, like you know, you got five teams out in the West. You got like pretty much fourteen, or I'm sorry, you got five teams in the East. You got fourteen teams in the West who all look good, you know, like none of them look bad. Like the Phoenix looks bad, <laughs> but everybody else looks pretty good. Um, and, and, you know, like, and so like, like two, like essentially two to 14 all look like they're, they're kind of fighting it out and trying to vie for, you know, what they can um, to, you know, to try to get some, some, some playoff favor. Um, but, uh, but anyway, as it pertains to that, as of now, as of us recording this episode, the Portland Trailblazers, Memphis Grizzlies, and Los Angeles Clippers are all tied for first place in the Western Thanks. Conference. Um, I'm going to pass it to Luke first because Luke has been back in the Clippers since fuck. I don't even know. Like, definitely before the season started, and I don't know exactly how far back it goes into the offseason. Out of space. This man, this, yeah, no, this man has been vouching. He's been saying, no, nah, look, y'all, the Clippers, and, and me and him got a bet going on um, that, you know, he's taking the Clippers, I'm taking the Lakers as far as who's going to be the, the best team uh, out of L.A. this season LA. as far as uh, regular mm-hmm. season record. Um, not, nothing as far as playoffs because, obviously, LeBron's a, a huge playoff advantage that, you know, the, the Clippers don't have. Um, but, like, the, the Clippers have looked great. Memphis has looked great. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, it's been a very interesting first, um, what, seventh of the season or something like that. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe a sixth of the season. Uh, but, Luke, uh, so, like, your 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 de facto Western team, uh, if I can call them that, the Clippers are playing great. Memphis is playing really well. Obviously, the Blazers are playing well. Um, what's your thoughts on like what's going on? What's going on out in the West right now? Um, and and all of these teams kind of um, surprising everybody uh, outside of the Clippers for you. 
No, man, I mean, I love it, like you say. And, I mean, I got to see it firsthand yesterday when they played the Hawks. I mean, seeing the Clippers up close, and they didn't, Gallinari did not play, but they're a deep team. I mean, Boban came in yeah. at the, like, end of the third, maybe, maybe the fourth quarter, and it was just, like, a whole different lineup they were just running out there at the Hawks. It was just, like, you could tell the Hawks were just, like, yo, whoa, we were not ready for this and all that. And they're just, like, they're deep and all that. Um, I hate to tell you this, Nick, but uh, Bazemore got to go, but I don't know what he's going to be worth. He got dunked on yesterday by uh, Gillix Alexander. Oh, man, dude. It wasn't like a mean mm-hmm. dunk, but it was just like a rookie just came in baseline and dunked on you with two hands. It was a two-handed dunk. It was nice, though. Yeah. But, yeah, Clippers, Clippers are a fun team. They're, they're pretty deep. If they could stay healthy, I'm telling you, man, they could be up there surprising a lot of teams. Uh as for the other ones, I mean, Portland was a good team last year. I mean, they were, for majority of the year, the three seed, like, holding it. And then they kind of, you know, were falling back. I mean, they're still, if they can make that one move, you know, just to help them out, they could be, you know, really competing for that, that top seed and all that. And then Memphis, Memphis is Memphis. I mean, I hope they stay healthy. You know, I hope they trade some people. But, hey, as long as they're better than the eighth worst team, you know, you could be between nine and twelve. <laughs> Preferably closer to nine. To... <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the end, I do kind of want Memphis to win, but not that much. But in the end, I mean, if they do really well this year, we get. I mean, the Celtics are going to get the their pick. So, hey, Memphis do well, we'll still get a first round pick out of it, unless you. I still think they'll. There's a lot of teams that are just playing ahead of themselves. I mean, the whole season's gonna like catch up to them and all that, but they'll come back to they'll come back to you know everything and probably they could fight for you know that final spot, but I don't see them in the number one seed for you know past Christmas. No, I I mean I don't either, but I will say this. Um, I do like. I would give Memphis and the Clippers equal percent chance to have home court advantage going into the playoffs. Like, I mean, I, I, I like both of those teams are, are, in my opinion, in my estimation, sort of playing beyond their talent. Um, like, part of that, uh, especially for the Clippers, is having a really good coach um, and and having guys. Uh, that really, really want to fucking play and want to win and want to compete um, and try. Uh, but that's kind of the same thing in Memphis. Like, the Clippers have kind of almost adopted the quote-unquote grit-and-grind Memphis sort of mentality, um, and that's that's kind of been beneficial to them. Um, granted, they also made a really good draft selection, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and that's really helping them out. Um, he's getting the bulk of the, the, the minutes at the backup point guard, um, with, and rightfully so. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I like both of these teams a lot. I think either one of them can fall off at any given moment, um, but also either one of them could, you know, potentially have home court advantage going into the playoffs. Like, I mean, I could totally see that. Um, and, 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 you know, I mean, kind of Portland is, is the same thing, you know, like, I mean, I, I would give Portland the better odds 
um, just because they have Dame and CJ, and they seem to have kind of figured out how they're going to run their lineups. You know, they used to they they did a lot of staggering minutes of Dame and CJ, thinking that was the best way for them to um, uh, you know optimize their talent uh, in 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 past years. Uh, but they're not doing that anymore. They're they're essentially giving Evan Turner the ball um, as their you know point forward, you know, point small forward kind of player, um, and then putting shooters around him like Stauskas and Curry uh, and, and, and having that be their second unit. And that's kind of working out for them. Like, that's that's smart. They've, um, uh, what's his name, Terry, Terry uh, Stouts, is that his name? I think so, Stouts? Uh-huh. Stouts, Stouts. Uh-huh. Stouts. Is it Stouts? I think it's Stouts. I think it's um, yeah. Um, but anyway, he he has kind of figured something out with this lineup, and 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 finally, like for the first time in you know three seasons, they're utilizing Evan Turner the way they should be utilizing Evan Turner. I mean, you're still way overpaying him, um, but if you're going to overpay somebody, you might as well be utilizing them the way that they're best utilized. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I could I could see any one of these teams falling off, particularly. Uh, Memphis or the Clippers, but I could also see all of them um, kind of staying pat, just because the West is so fluid. Um, it would it would really surprise me if OKC doesn't end up making uh, you know a top four seed, um, given how hot they have been lately. Um, I think they had won nine out of the last ten um, up until their most recent loss, or nine out of the last eleven, um, but. Yeah, I mean, both, all of these teams look really good. Uh, Conley's playing great for Memphis. Gasol is back and, and, and playing very well. Jaron Jackson looks like dud. It looks like a great pickup for them. Uh, Temple is, is fitting in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Anderson is fitting mm-hmm. in well. Um, like Memphis, you know, they, they've definitely kind of put this hodgepodge rag of you know, whatever they could pick up and find to try and keep themselves afloat, but it seems to be working. Um, and good on them because if I'm Memphis, I don't want to rebuild either. Like, just not a lot of teams in this kind of markets like can can survive like rebuilding. Um, so, especially given that Seattle is always looking for another team, um, if I'm a team like Memphis or New Orleans, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm not even trying to fast track towards a rebuild. Uh, but anyway, Joel, what are your thoughts on uh, Memphis, the Clippers, and Portland? Uh, you know, being the the top three teams in the West as of now. Oh, I'm proud of them. I, I didn't, uh, especially Portland. I told you actually we were talking about it. Like I didn't have, I didn't think they'd even make the playoffs, and that's because I was just so disappointed in how they played in that playoffs. Uh, series right. like, the, the year before. But I was to just, be fair, you didn't think Memphis or the Clippers would make the playoffs either, right? Maybe no, you I did the not. Clippers. I, did I can't not. remember. Yeah. No, I didn't. I had I had none of those three uh, making the playoffs. So yeah, this is all a surprise to me. <laughs> the whole top three of the uh, the West, but it is at the ebbs and flow. They're on the hot streak right now. Last week was Denver, uh, and then they went on a little losing streak. And look how we stopped talking about them. So things can change. Injuries can change a lot of things. So. It's just a matter of them staying consistent, can they? And I think Portland probably will 
uh, they've shown that they can. They did it last year. They're doing it this year. Um, they're still a two-headed monster, uh, and after that, it kind of dwindles off. But they they did add enough pieces there to sustain, I think, a little bit. It's just not going to be enough at the end of the day. Uh, the Clippers are deep. I mean, uh, Gallinari, when healthy, of course, is playing well. Uh, Tobias Harris playing well. Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander is uh, a great pickup for them uh, as a rookie. Sure. Uh, and then, of course, they they got – and then Montrez Harrow is the second coming of Dennis Rodman all of a sudden. So it's, like, very interesting. Oh, yeah. I love that out. fucking comparison. God, I haven't it's even just, heard uh, that. That, I heard that from Stephen A. I think I heard say that. So it makes, makes oh, okay. sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't watch yeah. much of Stephen A. anymore, but like that's a good comparison, though. Yeah. Um, and then of course there's the Grizzlies, another team. Um, who I said had to be good because they just kind of got stuck with what what they got, and I think but no one's gonna want Mike Conley's contract. And you have uh, Marcus Saul, and he'll probably be valuable, but then he didn't have a great start to the year. Um, but they've they've managed it. They got Garrett Temple in the starting lineup. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. played really well for them in there. Uh, they've dealt with injuries, with of course Shannon uh, Parsons, the man who cannot stay healthy, still hurt. Jamal uh, Green just got back, and then of course the other rookie from last year, their sophomore Dylan Brooks just got hurt. But they've got enough. Shelvin Mack has played really well for them as a backup point guard. It's just the weirdest yeah. shit with Memphis right now. Um, but they're managing. So I mean. Again, they're on the hot side of 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 everything right now, so they're they're streaking in that direction. Uh, obviously, things can change for them. So I, we shot them out for now, but you know, next week it could be a whole other team we, we talk about. So we'll see what happens. West is yeah, wild. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 the way it goes in the NBA. Because uh, you were absolutely right about Denver. I mean, they were they were red hot, hot. and they they went blistering cold. Very, very quickly. Um, speaking of red hot and blistering cold, I got to take a minute to talk about Action Heat um, because they are a sponsor and they make a hell of a product. Um, winter is here. You know what that means? Time to dig out those bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick. Well, not so fast, my friend. We have a better solution from our sponsor, Action Heat. They make the world's best battery-heated clothing engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat, similar to a heated car seat. This clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments. So I've raved about the socks the last last couple times, and I am going to get my relative's socks for Christmas because it is right around the corner. But i got to admit, I just got one of their jackets, and I work in a warehouse. I work, uh, you know, we don't we don't really have heat back there. This jacket is baller, son. Like, this thing fucking, I can set it just how I want it. It fucking keeps me so comfortable. It is amazing uh, to, to just be able to be so comfortable in this warehouse. Like, it's probably like 50 degrees back there. And for me, it's like 68. I'm just chilling. It is amazing. I love it. I love these products. I can't wait to try out their their other ones. Uh, But anyway, Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire, offers great new styles, and is very reasonably priced starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our code, GVN, 
at checkout and get 20% off. Or go to actionheat.com backslash GVN for the same result. That's actionheat.com backslash GVN or enter the code GVN at checkout to get 20% off your order. You can't control the weather, but you can control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat is the shit, and we thank them for sponsoring this video. Um, but let's get back into it, fellas. Um, we got uh, several more topics to discuss, one of which I've been just so giddy about because I love it anytime a team's talking about blowing it up. Because you know what that means, Joel. Trade talk. Yes, sir. Um, so I am so amped to uh, throw out a few trades here uh, that I think might be beneficial for the Washington Wizards. Um, by the way, you said uh, earlier today in, in some messages we were sending back and forth, you did not realize John Wall's contract was as bad as it was. How bad do you think yeah, that contract is? It's is fucking bad. ridiculous. I, I had no it's idea really it was bad. that bad. I did not at all know he was going to be making 40-plus million dollars for the next four or whatever years. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> next five years. So much yeah. money. It's crazy. Like, this year he's only making it really, 19. Yeah, <laughs> no, not for long. Hell of a jump. Not for long. Yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. But anyway, so the Wizards, they finally seem like they're ready to blow it up. Uh, Woj uh, had, had tweeted uh, maybe uh, yesterday, I think, or maybe earlier today, I can't remember, um, that uh, basically, yeah, okay. So basically, the, 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 you know, long story short, they were ready to blow it up. They were going to listen to any sort of offers um, for anybody on their team. Uh, the Hornets have already reportedly inquired about Bradley Beal. Um, I heard that the Pelicans had some interest uh, in Otto Porter Jr. Um, not necessarily that they had inquired, but maybe they had interest. I'm not sure um, about that uh, specifically. Um, but nevertheless, um, Luke, I'm going to throw it to you on this one first. What are your thoughts on the Wizards? like essentially finally deciding that they need to blow it up and give me like, give me some trades, man. Cause I, I want to talk some fucking trade scenarios. Like I, that, that's, I've been waiting for this fucking moment all fucking episode. So, so lay it on me. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know necessarily. So blow it up right now. You know, they might just keep it going until trade deadline to see if they can work through this all. I mean, <laughs> not good when you get reported that you're, you know, the player that you've signed to this mega contract is cursing out your coach. I mean, one's got to go. So, you know, in the end of that scenario, but you know, they're going to make it try to work for a little bit longer until it's like really just not worth it anymore. But no, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen a couple of good, like interesting trades with them and all that. Like there's one where, I mean, it's going to be hard to get, true value out of Waltz, not like a Butler thing where he kind of just had the team where just like he didn't want to play for him and all that. Like, Waltz mm-hmm. said he's committed to the Wizards and all that, and he'd love to stay there. It's that contract. It's that 40-plus It's that forty plus million dollar contract that's coming up. Yep. That's just very hard to trade and get past as a team. I mean, you got to look at a lot of small markets that are going to try to make this jump. Like, 
how Detroit was convinced to go for Blake Griffin because, you know, you're not going to get these players in free agency. I don't think Detroit could pull it off, but, you know, they I mean, that could be definitely a, uh, a team that they could look at, you know, try to get, like, maybe mm-hmm. Luke Kennard and start building off, you know, some of their terrible Pierre Reggie Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, Reggie, I mean, yeah, Reggie Jackson and all that and start mm-hmm. doing that stuff. Detroit could be another team, you know, if they've, they've gone this far, Detroit, I mean, it'd be interesting for them. I mean, Phoenix Suns are always a team that's going to be, you know, because they're not going to draw the free agents. And I read uh, one that was interesting. Um, I want to say Bleacher Report. I forget who, who had this trade scenario. But he had, um, I think it was uh, Kelly Ubron and John Wall for TJ Warren, Jaron Jackson, Bender, and a second-round pick, which, I mean – in the end, it's not that. It's not It's not bad. Good. It's not that bad. Not I wouldn't do it if I'm Phoenix, but it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, Phoenix is definitely two players that, you know, you're probably most likely giving up on in, in Jackson and uh, Bender. Definitely and Bender. Bender. Jackson yeah. still has, definitely Bender, yeah, yeah, Jackson still has time to flip it, I mean. But that Bridges trade, man, that has really been pulling off. I mean, for them, I mean, Who he's been the, playing really well. And just I, see, here's the thing: I yeah. wouldn't give up T.J. Warren in that deal. I would give up. I would. I would. I would want Ryan Anderson in that deal. I would yeah. not give up T.J. Warren. To say that there's a lot of money there that you know they could, you know. Yeah, he, like I'm not giving up T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren is shooting like 46 percent from three this year. Like that motherfucker is balling. Like I'm not he giving could, up T.J. Yeah. Warren. But anyway, go ahead, Luke. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want it either. But you're gonna John Wall's still a good player, and he's an all-star caliber. I mean, you're not getting like you gotta. That's why you're gonna convince the because I don't want Ryan Anderson. What am I? No, I'm not taking your garbage for nothing. Like I want something. No, no, no. Kelly Ubron's not that bad. He's not that bad. I feel like he would be in a better scenario too if he was traded. So I mean, you're getting a decent like yeah. You're not getting like T.J. Warren right now, who's been playing really good and all that. But I think. You know, you're not getting that big of a downgrade with Ubron, but that's the kind of thing that yeah, Ubray, Uber. But that's the kind of thing that you're looking at with the wall. Like, it's really it's going to be like a trade like that. Like, I can see Magic doing this where because I can't. You not going to trade for Aaron Gordon if I'm if I'm the Wiz because I don't see him really fitting. I mean, I guess if I could give you Morris, yeah, if I could give you Wall. And all that, and I can take back Gordon and some other things because you know Magic's. You, they're not going to be a team that's going to get a point guard like that. John Wall is, you know, he's nope. been an yeah, all star. Yeah, Augustine is playing great. Exactly. He's not a I'd great rather player, have a John Wall. <laughs> I would rather have DJ Augustine next year at seven point two five million than John Wall at like thirty nine or whatever it is, like. I, I don't know. Right. I just I'd rather have my cap flexibility. That's the thing. I as it as it pertains to, to any of these teams that are potentially like need point guards. Like let's go off the teams that like really need point guards. New York Knicks, it's um, the Magic and it's the Suns. They all have cap space mm-hmm. next season. That none of them should trade for John Wall because he obliterates your cap space next season. Like his yeah, contract spikes. So heavily that you go like from having Pac-Man max. Now. Yes, you go from having max cap space <laughs> to having none, and like, I I just wouldn't do it. I the only the only 
particular scenarios that I would I would potentially um, trade for John Wall is if I did not have max cap space next season and still needed mm-hmm. a point guard. And like those teams are so few and far between because, like I said, the three teams that really need a point guard are are not like. Let me let me throw this to you, Luke. Would you rather have John Wall at like making obscene amounts of money? Um, over the next five seasons, um, up to like you said, like forty million, forty-five million, um, and 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 mind you, he also has a he also has said he wants to stay there, and he also has a fifteen percent trade kicker. So, like, if I'm going to trade for him, first of all, I'm not going to trade for him. But secondly, I'm definitely not going to trade for him if he's going to insist on getting that 15% trade kicker because that is huge. That is huge on his, on his um, uh, salary. Um, but like, I like if I'm like, let's just say Phoenix, for example, let's say Phoenix just stands pat. They don't make Phoenix. any more deals. They got about like, mm-hmm. I don't know, $25 million in cap space next year. Like I'd rather just go out bid the Celtics on Terry Rozier. Like, well, I'm gonna go give Terry Rozier twenty million dollars a year over four seasons and say fucking match it, Celtics. Like the Celtics aren't gonna yeah, match true. that. No fucking way the Celtics are gonna pay Terry Rozier twenty million dollars when they already have so much salary and they don't need him um, unless you know Kyrie walks, which I I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I'd rather I'd much rather do that than you know trade for give up shit to get John Wall and then have his um, salary spike so much next year that I can't really go after anybody else. Um, That's trickiness of this contract. Um, I I don't know, man. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be really, really, really tough for them to trade John Wall. Um, I've got two trades that I think maybe they could pull off. Um, the first one is if Kelly Oubre, I'm, I'm sorry, not not Kelly Oubre, if Otto Porter Jr. will waive his um, trade kicker, which is again 15%, um, I would trade him to the Kings for Zach Randolph and um, uh, Ben McLemore. Uh, and here's the reason why: uh, the Kings are the only team in the league who have cap space. They're the only team left in the league that has cap space. Um, they have about $11 million of cap space. Um, the difference on those contracts is about $10 million, a little less. Um, and if you could, first of all, the Kings could totally use Otto Porter Jr. And if you're giving up two players who you don't fucking play anyway, in Ben McLemore and, and, and Zach Randolph, Fuck yes, I would totally make that deal if I was the Kings because Porter is a three and D player. He can make make shots. Um, he would fit in perfectly w- with that existing lineup. Um, essentially, I mean, I think your 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 starting lineup would be Fox, and then it would be Heald, who can knock down threes. Porter, who can knock Porter. down threes. But Bielitsa, who can knock down threes. And then, you know, uh, Kali Stein. And then you would have Bogdanovich as your sixth man who can knock down threes. Um, so, like, he would very much help their lineup. That would be a, 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 a way for them to utilize the fact that they have held on to this 
$11 million in cap space. Um, and if you're the, the, the um, Wizards, you're just getting out of an overpaid player. Because let's face it, $26 million a year for Otto Porter Jr. is obscene. Yep. Like, you should not be paying that. Yeah. Um, but if you're the Kings and you already have all this cap space and you can get a player who fits your exact need, you need a wing, uh, a three, who can play defense and hit threes, Like that is exactly what you need, and you're not giving up anything to get him. Um, you're just basically utilizing the cap space that you have and the expiring contracts that you have. And if you're the Wizards, that almost gets you out of um, – the luxury tax. You'd be about a million, I think a little less than a million dollars shy of getting out of the luxury tax at that point. Um, I feel like there's many different ways you could get around that. You could do buyouts or other trades or what have you um, to, to basically like nullify that and get out of that. But um, I think that would be a really, really smart trade for both teams. It would help both teams for where they are. Um, and Porter, like, he's not been really playing well this season. We all know he's a, like, very good player. Um, but he hadn't been playing well this season. He's, like, been benched at times for both Oubre and Green. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you just go to playing Oubre and Green. You have an open roster spot. I think you have two open roster spots, if I'm not mistaken. So you don't have to cut anybody with that trade. Um, so, like, you're good to go there. I think – that would be a really good trade for them. Um, as far as Bradley Beal, I have no idea because my like my first for Bradley Beal when all of the you know when they got off to such a shitty start was uh, the Sixers because um, I thought he would be perfect for them, um, mainly because I felt like he was you know four, five, six, maybe even years younger than than Jimmy Butler. Um, and, you know, they could put together the same kind of package that they gave up for Jimmy Butler for Bradley Beal. Um, but, you know, as it were, uh, he didn't hit the trade market soon enough, and they got Butler, and now they don't really have the assets to trade for Bradley Beal. Um, so I, I I don't know. I don't I, I can't really picture a team that really has the assets that really needs him. So the Lakers? That one's you know, the Lakers? Up. I don't think the Lakers want to give up the cap space, man. I don't like maybe, but like I would, I would, if I'm the Lakers, I I would hold on to that cap space. I you know what? I would hold on to that cap space, not only next season, but the following season when I can go after Anthony Davis. Like I, if I, if I don't get like a, a premier player in free agency next year, I do my whole one year one in like one year deals again, that they did this year, and then hold Pat and see if I can get Anthony Davis. And then if you can't get Anthony Davis, fine. Like, you you, you know, you start making other moves because, you know, LeBron's not getting any younger. But, no, man, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give up my – because you're going to have to give up – like, you're going to have to give up a lot for Bradley Beal. Like, he's the one yeah. player on the Wizards you're gonna that you're actually have to give up a lot for. At least um, two of the young guys, at least. At least, Yeah. Um, probably, probably two is 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 the marker. Um, I would say, yeah, like, maybe you could get by with giving up, um, say Kuzma and Hart. Um, and then right, right. I was just thinking pick. that. 
Or yeah, Ingram first Hunt. round pick and then some salary filler because they got a lot of expiring contracts. Um, of course, right. that couldn't be done until January, but um, I don't think I don't think that if there's one player that the Wizards are not in a rush to move, it's Bradley Beal. Um, so like may, maybe you would do that trade um, if you could keep Ingram, um, Ball, and you had you know Ball, Beal, Ingram, James. Like that's really good. Like <laughs> that's a, it's a really good team, and you and and you would still have a little bit of cap space that you could sign a, a, a decent center in the off season, maybe you know a Robin Lopez or a Dwayne Dedman or somebody of that caliber. Um, but yeah, I mean, still, I mean, it would they would have to want to be selling low. I wouldn't give up the farm for Bradley Beal um, if I'm the Lakers. But uh, but no, I I I think uh, I, so that one's a tough one. John Wall, I see one trade, one trade out there that I think could actually work, and that is, I would trade, and this is crazy to say because, um, it I mean it it really doesn't net the the um the Wizards anything, but I would seriously consider trading John Wall for George Hill, straight up. Because George Hill is essentially an expiring contract. Listen, hear me out. He's essentially an expiring contract. Um, so you get off all of that money that you're going to have to pay John Wall, right? Um, so, like, bear that in mind. Like, that, that's what you're getting out of. Um, you're going to get a high draft pick, so you can take a point guard next year. Um, and, and, you know, what have you. Um, and if you're Cleveland, uh if you could trade George Hill for John Wall, let me ask you guys this. If, I, if I'm if i Cleveland and you're Phoenix and I offer you Colin Sexton for um, Mikael Bridges, are you saying no, Luke? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. You're going to just – wait, wait, wait. I, hey, no, I, if you're Phoenix – you're not Cleveland. You're Phoenix. Yeah, just Bridges has been playing so well, and looking across, you know, to what Cleveland has, Sexton hasn't been playing the greatest. I mean, I'm a big Sexton fan. I got him as my rookie of the year, but he has not been playing the greatest. And you know, I mean, so I would try to just. Uh, you need a point guard. Like you really, you really need a point, need a point guard. guard. But I like this and like better. And you're only having to give up. You're essentially giving up the number ten pick for the number eight pick, and like, I don't know, man. I would do that. If Devin I was Booker Phoenix. started at point guard yesterday. For Phoenix. I know, and it, it, yeah, no, I know, but he. And it worked. <laughs> did they win? <laughs> no, they did not win. It's also their first yeah. game with that lineup. No, I get that, and I and I've brought up numerous times whether you should or should not start Devin Booker at point guard. Um, a la yeah, James yeah. Harden, um, but like right, man, right. I, I don't know. I don't think Devin Booker's skill set is optimized as a point guard. I think you'd be much no. better off if you yeah. got an actual point guard. Granted, mm-hmm. you would probably want like more of a facilitating point guard and not a Colin Sexton type of point guard, type. like a score first point guard. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I still think. I mean, you're getting a point guard. Um, you know, who can facilitate. Um, I, I don't know. 
I think I would consider that deal um, if I if I was that you know if I was in in the position of of the Phoenix Suns. So if if you're Cleveland and you could facilitate that deal, um, or you know even if it, if it had to be Josh Jackson, like maybe you make that deal even if Jackson like had a severe sophomore slump. Um, but maybe you even consider that deal. Um, and, you know, maybe you get the, maybe you get, you make that deal and you get the, you know, um, the Milwaukee pick. Um, like maybe that makes it even better for you. My point is this. If you can get John Wall and Kevin Love plus everybody else who's making significant money on your roster is off the books. Not next season, but the following season. So, like, when, you know, John Wall and Kevin Love are hitting their stride as far as making their bulk of money, you got a bunch of young players who don't make a lot of money who are surrounding them. Maybe that could work. Maybe that is the one team in the league that can make that work if they can facilitate trading Sexton for an equally good wing player that they could, you know, fold into their lineup. I, that is the only scenario that I can see in which you could possibly um, like trade John Wall. Other than that, I don't see it. I really don't. I don't. Like I, I've heard some people throw out uh, New Orleans. I don't think so, man. Like New Orleans. Why would no. New Orleans? Drew Holiday's yeah. fine. Well, it's, no. No, 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 no. It wouldn't be. It would be essentially pairing up John, John Wall, Drew Holiday, and Anthony Davis. Um, but no, no. like, but here's the thing, man. Like, and it has nothing to do with John Wall's talent. It has to do with his money. And like, if your if yep. your goal was to keep Anthony Davis, you can't pay John Wall the amount of money that he's gonna make, and afford to pay Anthony Davis the amount of money that he deserves to make, um, without being like the highest fucking payroll in the league. And you're like the smallest mm-hmm. market in the league. And it's not even like you have like the fan base that like OKC has that warrants that. You you're New Orleans. Like no one really cares about basketball uh in Louisiana. Like uh, unfortunately. Um like it's right. a football state. So yeah, I don't see that happening. Um I don't know. I could see Cleveland happening given the right um given the so right. They're definitely you know, desperate. Measure. I could, you know, it depends. Right, but here's here's what I'm saying. Like that that to me is ultimately right now best case scenario for John Wall. Either you get an expiring contract by a la George Hill, or you take on a bad contract and get draft assets. I don't see anything else that could possibly um, like happen that they get both of what they want, which would be expiring contracts and assets. I don't see any team in the league. And believe right. me, I have y'all know me. I've scoured all twenty nine other teams to see <laughs> like what what deal could possibly happen. I I don't see anything. I don't see anything else. But anyway, Joel, what are your thoughts on, on just the Wizards, you know, essentially deciding they're gonna blow it up and I mean, I guess what what do you think about any of those trades, or, or do you have any notions of um, you know of various trades that you either heard about or thought about that you might think might work? 
Yeah, I, I think it's about time. Washington needs to do it. They need to. They're going to ask them for it now. They tried to switch up the lineup today. They moved uh, Otto Porter to the four, and, and they moved Kelly Oubre into the starting lineup, and that didn't matter. <laughs> so they're getting asked for it right now. So um, <laughs> it's not nothing. Nothing is going to change how bad that team is right now. Um, they're going to need a whole new revitalization. And look, keeping John Wall doesn't hurt because that means you have an all-star point guard at the end of the day. Um, so it would be a shorter rebuild if you keep him. Uh, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying it's not a terrible thing that they can't. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's just going to be hard to get pieces around them with that giant albatross of the contract. But, um, I mean, that's what happens when you sign someone to that contract. That's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, it, I mean, you're not – you weren't an established enough team to, to pull that off. Like, with the Warriors and Steph's contract, it's kind of similar. But – it's that's a different, completely different scenario. He, he won the championship. Right. <laughs> I mean, and he won two back-to-back um, MVPs, unless the first unanimous MVP winner. Right, exactly. I'm talking about different situations here. Um, but look, it, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of who, and it's probably going to be Beal first uh, if it if it comes down to it, because he's the easiest. To, he's a he's a good contract for his talent. You know, he's really good, and it's not a bad contract. You're definitely going to have suitors, and they'll give up, and you're going to have people that are willing to give up whatever for him. It's just a matter of when Washington is really ready to let go and move on. And it's not just him. You're going to have to be able to do things like what you said about Porter and the Kings. Uh, you're going to have to do – you're going to have to make shit, you know, around Wall. Wall can probably be the one constant everything else around him has to change, even the coach at one point. Maybe at the end of the season, you just go in a different direction. You just gotta you gotta try something different. Uh, you just and you look that owner does not mind holding on to his assets. The last time I checked, uh, their their main player on the on their on his hockey team, the Capitals. I think Ovechkin has been there forever, and they sucked for a while yeah. there. <laughs> they just couldn't get out of that right. little hole, and they eventually won that chip. It took a long time, but he got it. <laughs> and so That's he's true. willing to hold on. I mean. Well, uh, Ted Leonis well, doesn't mind holding on to them assets as long as, you know, he's a loyal guy when it comes to that, as long as you, you stay loyal sure. to him. So that's why he paid. Uh, I that. would imagine you know, the Caps have a much better GM, though. I'm just going to imagine. And that's another thing. Maybe you got to chase the GM because he's been with yeah. him too long. Maybe that's the problem. Ted Leonis be holding on to people for too damn long. Uh, so it's about time <laughs> something changes, you know. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to be more than just a roster. Some management changes need to happen. It's it's about time. Washington needs a new look. Yeah, I agree. And I, w- I will say this. I feel like if you make that Porter trade, which I think makes the most sense out of any of these trades, um, both for, for Sacramento um, because of, you know, adding talent to a team that is obviously competing thus mm-hmm. far into this season, um, and, you know, for Washington just, just getting off some salary, um, you know, you, it'd be much harder to get off wall salary, um, but it's easier to move a wing player, especially one that's not making quite as much as wall. Um, if they make that move um, and can make, you know, one other small move or a buyout or what have you um, to get out of the luxury tax this season, and then with all of the money they have coming off the books next season, um, you know, I, I, I think I could see them keeping Wall and Beal and, and giving uh, Troy Brown, a, a, like, a bigger role. He's he's played pretty well mm-hmm. um, for a rookie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously they're, they're not going to be re-signing anybody. 
Um, but, you know, maybe if they have to, they stretch Jan Mahimni. Um, you know, that's also a possibility next season. So, I mean, they they have some options. Um, but, yeah, that Otto Porter deal is, is the one just obvious thing to me um, that makes so much sense for all parties considered. Uh, but, anyway, uh, before we move on, Luke, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I mean, it's just if they could pull off the uh, the wall trade, that GM is should get GM of the year because that is <laughs> that right there is. is I got a buyer for you. GM work right there. That's all I know. Jawan yeah. had a team. He he definitely takes John Wall off his hands. I promise. Yeah, I know I know Jawan would, but he doesn't pay attention to salary or anything else. He's just like, yeah, Jawan, oh. I like that guy. Let me put him on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Jawan, you, you do realize you're trying to get Kevin Durant, right? Like, Yeah, the Knicks definitely are not trading for, for John Wall. It's not going to fucking happen. Um, no. But, uh, yeah, no, Luke, I, I, I kind of um, – I kind of agree with you. Like, especially if he can somehow miraculously um, trade John Wall and still end up getting any kind of asset back, um, whether it be a player, a pick, anything, um, expiring contracts. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that would be – I don't hate that Phoenix trade, man. If it's Ryan Anderson, Josh, uh, whatever, uh, I think that might work with a pick. It might work. Yeah, yeah I mean, if it's if it's Ryan Anderson Phoenix in not, lieu in lieu of uh, yeah. a of uh, TJ Warren, yeah, no, I agree with you. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. obviously, because look, you just we want to get that. Look, it's a win if you can get that money off your books. That's really what it is. You're kind of right. doing they're doing you a favor at the same time. <laughs> like, so it's like you got to be you got to you got to give and get a little bit. So. You're gonna get not a lot of talent back, but you get a lot of money off your books. You know what I mean? Um, so you can go get other people, and you're gonna maybe right. get some type of asset back, and maybe a pick, a protected pick, or some bullshit. Um, and it works because I don't think Phoenix ain't luring. Right, Phoenix ain't luring people in though. That's what I mean. John Wall's a great player, so they're gonna overpay for a guy that they'll probably never get their hands on. So why not? They already have a decent team as it is. As long as they don't break up what they already got. Their core, right. like T.J. Warren, like I, and like uh, 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 damn it, what's his name? <laughs> the, the shooting guard, Booker. Uh, Booker. Booker. Uh, yeah, and now they have Ariza, at least for now, um, for the year, and not that's not a bad squad, and that's not bad at yeah. all. Well, yeah, like, like, uh, let's play this out together. Like, okay, so essentially, uh, John Wall and uh, Ryan Anderson's contracts are a wash. I think Anderson makes 21 this year. Um, uh, Wall makes 19. So that's basically even. Right. Um, right. So, like, if you if you were to, like, basically use that as as your sort of starting point, um, I, I honestly, I think maybe you throw in Josh Jackson to give them, say, hey, we're going to give you a young player and we're giving you the cap relief because, like, let's not forget you can, um, uh, you can buy out essentially buy out um, or waive uh, um, Anderson uh, at like fifteen million dollars next season. Like that's what he agreed to in order to be traded to Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. So like keep that in mind. Um, so like let's say we'll we'll give you Josh Jackson 
and you give us Marcus Morris or Marquise Morris. Um, right. Like, well, back to that Phoenix. ain't bad. Just, like, <laughs> leave it at that. Like, John Wall, like, let's say that if you're Phoenix, that's your deal. You Now you now have John Wall, Booker, Ariza, Marquise Morris, and DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton, and you got a bench of, what, Elia Kobo, Jamal Anderson, uh, or Jamal Anderson, Mark Jamal Parker. Crawford. McCall Bridges. Mikael Bridges, uh, mm-hmm. Dragon Bender, and Rashawn Holmes. Like, right. yeah. Not bad. Man, that ain't bad. Not bad. Not bad. So, yeah. like, maybe maybe that could work out. And if you're, you know, I mean, if, granted, like, Josh Jackson's not really the, the, the player that you need if you're um, mm-hmm. the Wizards, but. Yeah, Matt Wayne. You know. Oh well, yeah, that's true. right. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, but you know that means you can move on from a, 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 a what's his name, Otto Porter or Kelly Oubre, or, or Oubre. Because now you have yeah. Josh, right? Exactly. exactly. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there is a deal there that you know. Um, I I feel like Marquise Morris would have to be included in the deal, um, and Fuck they it, would have to work. be willing. <laughs> yeah, but and they would have to be willing to take back uh, Anderson. Um, Right, right. But, yeah, man, like, I mean, if that's all you're giving up, you like, I was going to say I would probably even give up that Milwaukee pick, but I probably wouldn't. I'd probably, like, not that I wouldn't ultimately, but I, I would probably want to play hardball. Like, dude, I'm already, like, you kidding me? I'm doing you a favor taking this fucking contract out of your hands. I ain't giving you a pick. Yeah, like, ain't nobody going to pick I, I'm already giving you Josh Jackson. <laughs> like, um, right. but, uh, but, no, like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe that could work. Maybe. Um, it, it's yeah. It's just gonna suck having to pay John Wall that much over five seasons. When yeah, but by the know, time to, the young guys, you got to pay the young guys. He's gonna be on the, the last leg. But to probably see, but that's not that's not the case. That's what I'm saying is by the time you got to pay the young guys. So so John Wall's five year deal kicks in next year. So he's got five years starting next year. DeAndre Ayton has three years starting next year. Mikael Bridges, three years starting next year. Um, Wait a minute. Josh I thought Jackson, it was four years uh, after this year. No, it's three. Or, or, I'm sorry, for, for Wall? Yeah, because it's next year, it's no, 38.2 no, 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 no. the following year. No, nah, I, I think it's five. It might be four, but I think it's five. I'm telling you. Um, I'm, look, I'm looking at it. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. Fair enough. Uh, all right, but even so... <laughs> Even if it's four, like you still you're gonna have to pay eight and three. You're gonna have to pay Bridges in right. three. Uh, you're already paying right. Booker next year. Um, I don't know, man. Are you paying him already? Yeah, he well, he, he got his extension. No, oh, he got his extension. Sorry. Yeah, so he, that kicks in next year. He got five years, and he's he's making a max extension. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. it's it, it, it's going to be tough, but like if there is a team that can do it, like who has enough young um, players and enough like young players who are really young and not like young players who are up in two years, mm-hmm. you know, um, like yeah, yeah. I mean, we, it would be Phoenix. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Celtics, Luke, what the fuck's wrong with your Celtics? They're twenty seventh in mm-hmm. offensive rating. And they continue to stay in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. They're currently tied for six at nine and eight. Um, what's the deal, bro? What's going on? 
Nothing's wrong yeah. with my team, man. I mean, we've <laughs> never been known as an offensive team. Even last year, after the injury and all that, we took a while to get our stride. We were ranked, I think, pretty low in offensive rating. We're a defensive team. I mean, we've been doing great defensively and all that. It's going to take time, man. I'm not worried. still really early. The last thing I'm worried about is the regular season. As long as we make the playoffs and we're hitting our strides at the right time, I can see definitely – Sometime after the trade deadline, you know, we're not going to be in anything in any of the talks, but that's when, you know, we're going to finally hit our shot. Our team's going to been playing together for a while. Now we know rotations and all that. I mean, right now it's just everyone looks a little rusty. We're getting our two best players. I mean, not best, but I mean, really good players back, you know. One is coming off of a huge injury. He might not be the same. I mean, we're still trying to figure out how to use him. Might be Hayward might be better coming off the bench and all that for right now, but it's going to take him time. And then Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie, ever since he cut his hair, he figured it out. I don't know. He's just a great player. But, I mean, in the end, some people are going to have to step up, and it took a while for some some guys to really step up last year. I mean, Horford's not going to be able to do it for you every night, but Horford will, you know, do the Horford things for you. It's just the other people have to, I mean – Tatum's still very young. I mean, you could definitely see it in him that he's got it, but he's still really young and all that. Jalen Brown's pretty young. I think he's – Brown's still one of the people that's getting affected the most, I think, out of everyone coming back into, mm-hmm. like, playing together because it's taking the ball out of his hands a lot. So, I think Brown is – it's going to take – but, I mean, I'm not worried about it at all. I want to say last year I think we finished outside the top 15 in offensive – you know, ratings. So as long as we're in the top five, yo, look at that. <laughs> One off. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, as long as we're in the top five defense, uh, I'll take that all day. If we can, because in yeah. the end, you know, we get teams to play down to us, like teams that are used to scoring 100 and, uh, 105 plus points a game are now having to play at a game that they're not used to. And we're used to that. So in the end, I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, it must have been actually one of the big contributors to Memphis's success this year. Um, and Boston's yeah. pretty good at it, and San Antonio's really good at it. It's pace of play, and they can slow yeah. the game down so that these teams can't put up the points and can't get in the rhythms that they want to, and it really helps your defense. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm still a little worried, and I, and I haven't been up until recently because – my thing was this. I was like, you know, Kyrie's struggling to get started. Like, Kyrie's going to turn it on. Like, we all know this. Um, but Kyrie has turned it on, and they're still struggling offensively. And, like, it's it, – I don't know, man. It, 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 it does concern me a little bit. Um, not, not in the sense that, like, they're not going to make the playoffs or anything ridiculous like that. But, like – the fact that the East has just gotten so much better, like the Bucks, um, obviously got a much better coach, guy who knows how to like utilize this this team. They got some, they got better um, depth uh, players, uh, Ilyasova and, and Brook Lopez, um, and they and they picked up a uh, um, uh, Divincenzo in the draft. Like they've gotten better, like much better. Uh, obviously the Raptors, you know, they got. Uh, fucking Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green um, and, the, and and the way that their young coach is, is, is basically um, uh, 
like strategizing how to use this team um, seems to be very fitting to this team. Uh, so that that's concerning. Obviously, the Sixers just traded for Butler. They they probably still have some moves yet to be made. Um, it, it 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 certainly feels like going into the season, we all just assumed that the Celtics were the clear favorite of the East. I don't. I don't think anybody feels that way anymore. I would be surprised, Luke, if you feel that way anymore, um, that that your team is the clear favorite that most people thought they were going into the to you know going into the season. Guess um, my question is, I, even if you're not concerned with your own team, are you concerned by the fact that all of these teams around you in the East have gotten so much better. And, you know, maybe even if your team, you know, finds its way out of its, its quote unquote offensive struggles um, and, and continues to play good defensively, um, you know, are you worried that you're, you might be looking at a second round exit? No, not at all. Um, I'm not worried about any of these teams. I mean, yeah, a lot of them have made great strides, and I'm glad, you know, the East is getting back to parity and all that. But there's a big difference between a one-game series where you're just playing one and a real playoff series where coaching is coming into play and tearing up your scheme and learning off of, like, you know, just changing everything. So it's it comes – the playoffs is a way different beast. I mean – no sure. offense to Milwaukee, you know, you got a better coach and all that, and don't get me wrong, Bud's good, and Much he's better. never had a player, he's never coached a player caliber like he's coaching right now, but, I right. mean, Mil- you know, we, we saw Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a good team and all that, and Tor- um, Toronto's good, it's just, you know, they still got a young coach, so it'll be different for him, you know, finally coaching in the playoffs. I'm not worried about the Sixers. That's just the one team I'm not worried about at all. I mean, <laughs> we we beat you pretty hands down last year without our two best players. So I think going into it, but don't say. I mean, hey, the fuck end, you. You can't say hands down. But all those games were close. Hey, hey, they were close hey, games. Hey, what was the final? What was the final outcome? It was it was four the, one. I know, uh, but like the, yep, the games that, were close. That's hands. That's hands down in the end. When when you look back at it, but I mean. In the end, I mean, it's just... It's, <laughs> Looks like, yeah, young. fuck you, Nick. <laughs> the, the season's young and all that, and we'll get, we'll get past this. Stevens is a great coach. He'll figure it out, and um, I think everything will be smooth sailing once we hit playoffs. Uh, I can't wait to see Jimmy Butler fucking guard Jason Tatum. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway... Um, you mean Tatum's next dunk victim? Uh... Yeah, I mean, Tatum's next uh, fucking turnaround Kobe brick, uh, you know, victim, if you will. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on the Celtics and um, their sort of offensive woes to start the season? Um, are you concerned for, for, you know, this team at all? Um, or do you think, you know, they'll, they'll kind of straighten out as, as Hayward starts to – kind of reacclimate himself and, and Stevens, you know, obviously the coaching genius that he is, um, will kind of figure it out. Um, or, or do you think there is a little concern being that, you know, these, these other 
top-level Eastern Conference teams have, have kind of closed the gap on the Celtics. No, I don't concern myself with the Celtics. No, they don't concern me at all. If anything, I get a little happy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm not worried at all either, though. Like, uh, they are what they are. They're going to struggle. I mean, I'm surprised they've struggled as much as they have. They're they're just a a team that likes to shoot offensively, and and they're not hitting their shots. Their best flasher is Kyrie, so if you contain him, you got to force them to shoot, which they like to do. And if they're cold, you just that's it. That kind of got their money right there. They they develop, they rely on their defense, so they try to keep you down, and they try to let they grind it out. But when their shots not falling, that's where they struggle, and that's sure. kind of what's been on. I mean, they 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 got to implement Gordon Hayward, who's taking a little bit longer to to to, to come into the mix. They've actually have him coming off the bench right now. I'm not sure how long that's going to last, but it is what it is. I mean, the Celtics know they don't need him in the lineup to survive, so it's not like it's a big loss, but he'd be great off the bench for them. It's not a bad uh, person to come off the bench. Um, I'm not worried because uh, their coach is great. <laughs> they have a great fucking yeah. coach. So I'm, not really, I'm not worried about the Boston Celtics. As long as you defend and, 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 you, got, and you outsmart your opponents, uh, your offense will eventually start waking up and coming, and it's not the best right now. It's not the best offense at all. But once they, they they're they're hitting on all cylinders, they're really hard to stop. So I'm not worried yeah. at all. Concerned, definitely not. But worried, not really. Yeah, no, I hear you. Let me let me say this: uh, the two best coaches in the league are obviously Brad Stevens and Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in a, in one word, Joel. Who are you mm. more concerned for, uh, given their situation? Celtics or Spurs? Pop. No, I'm more concerned with Pop and the Spurs because um, there's, yeah. there's more teams in the West out there competing word, than I expected. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Pop. <laughs> pop works great. <laughs> no, we, we, we got 25 minutes, um, and we got three topics. And uh, you know what? It's time for me to uh, – Talk about Blue Chew, because that is another one of our sponsors, and they make a fucking terrific product, and so we got to talk about it. Um, guys, do you have trouble getting in the mood, or perhaps just with stamina? Then try Blue Chew, the new revolutionary way to reinvigorate your sex life. These chewables, made from the same ingredients as the leading ED pills, will be shipped directly to your door. No doctor's appointments no lines, and most importantly, no more awkwardness. And because they're chewable, they work way faster and make it all the more easy to take just what you need. I love these things. They have made my life uh, just, we'll say, easier, um, as they're designed to do. They're designed to make your life easier and make, uh, make, you know, your partner happier and uh, hit two birds with one stone and great, great, great product. And we're, we're so happy uh, that they endorse us and, and uh, uh, you should definitely check out blue chew. So go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code GVN to get a free month trial today. That's bluechew.com blue is in the color. You and your partner deserve the best. Let Blue Chew help you get. Uh, let's get back to it, fellas. Um, we got a few more topics. The Sixers 
are three and one since acquiring Jimmy Butler, or at least since his arrival, uh, and uh, he's averaging eighteen point three points per game, three point three rebounds, three point five assists, one point five steals, and he's shooting forty three percent basically from three point range. Um, Butler seems like he's fitting in really well. Um, obviously he had the game against Utah where, you know, Donovan Mitchell kind of seemed like he wanted to prove a point, um, uh, to a fault. Honestly, he, he literally shot 35 shots in that game and had zero assists. Um, and that probably hurt his team a little bit. Um, Basically, I I like what I've seen out of Jimmy Butler with with the Sixers. They've played a lot of close games, and, and you can still kind of see they're trying to figure it out. Um, but as a closer, um, they utilized him as a closer in the Utah game. They definitely utilized him as a closer in that Charlotte game where Kimball went off for 60. Um, but, uh, you know, it was it was ultimately Jimmy – who closed out the game and won it uh, in, in a, basically a de facto buzzer beater. He, he, he sank a shot with 0.3 seconds left on the clock um, to, to, you know, to win that game. Um, he definitely looks like he's fitting in. My only concern would be that they, you know, I, I like the fact that they've, you know, competed and won these close games and it tests them and it, lets them know how they're going to play, um, sort of going down the stretch. My, my my main concern would be is that should these games be that close? I don't know if they should be. <laughs> um, that would be, you know, kind of what I'm thinking about. However, um, you know, we, we have some Markoff Fultz stuff to talk about here in a minute, but without him in the roster, um, maybe that makes, um, leads not as hard to hold on to. Um, I don't know. Like, we'll see how that all pans out. But uh, what is your first impression, uh, Joel, of, of Jimmy Butler um, playing on this Philadelphia squad in his first four games, going three and one? And uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, I listed his averages and uh, and and basically just. Basically, falling into their de facto de facto closer, um, if you will. I like it. I like it. I like. I had like the move. I like the initial trade. I liked how they utilized him. I like how they were testing out who should get the minutes at power forward, and they they swapped between Wilson Chandler and Muscala, and Muscala looked really good actually. Not gonna lie, um, but. It's just a matter of just chemistry. Uh, they're going to need more time together. They, I don't like that the games have been semi-close. Uh, I don't know how defense has gotten worse since he got there. That's kind of weird. But <laughs> I guess because there's less uh, less guys. Like, I don't know. It's just it's not weird. Um, but I think they'll be all right. It's just they're going to need to probably make another move or two to shore up some depth. they got to figure out what's going to happen with Markel Fultz. But Jimmy in Philly looks like it's, a, it's not bad. He's the vet. He really is. He got two. He got two young all stars there, and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and he can take them under his wing and, and show them how to how to do things. And, and Jimmy likes that 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 spot, that spotlight. And uh, so 
So I think it's going to work out for him because why not be the man on a team where, you, you know, he technically is a third guy, but if he's going to do all the scoring, I mean, that's all the scoring because obviously Joel Embiid is having a fucking great year. Right. Um, but well, not to mention, Jimmy Butler. Against, against Phoenix, he didn't do much scoring. He didn't have to. Like, Ben and Joel did most of the scoring in that game. They were like, hey, right. like, we need you to shut down Devin Booker. And, like, granted, yeah. Devin Booker still had a good game. But, like, Jimmy Butler shut him down a, a, enough for them to win right. the game. <laughs> like, and that's, right. like, and that's the beauty of this, this like, this uh, big three, if you will. Like, right. Jimmy Butler has so much versatility that he can, like, that basically what they needed was a guy who could defend and a guy who can hit clutch shots at the end of games. And they got that. Mm-hmm. They got, like, and they yep. got that and, and some. Uh, so, like, Jimmy Butler can take over a game at any point in time, but he doesn't, like, that's the thing. Like, he had to in in Minnesota. He had to take over every game um, because, like, nine times out of ten, uh, you know, Cat wasn't going to take over a game. Um, and, and ten times out of ten, Andrew Wiggins wasn't going to take over a game. So, uh, like, you know, I mean, he pretty much had to take over every game. And, like, that's the thing that this, like, Phoenix game kind of showed me was he doesn't have to take over a game to be – for them to win. And, like, while I think Jimmy Butler maybe in his younger years would have been put off by that, like, y'all didn't use me enough, blah, 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 what have you. I think now, given, like, his veteranship and his age and everything else, I think he's looking at this like, fuck, yes. Like, I can just go out there, like, if if the game calls for it, I can just go out there, defend, hit a few big shots, and score 12, 14, 16 points, you know, maybe less, and we can still get a win? Like, fuck yes. Like, I don't have to give every fucking ounce of energy on both sides of the court every fucking night for us to fucking win games. And, like, I think <clears> – <throat> I think it's going to work out really well for both of them. Obviously, the Sixers still need to fill out that roster, like you said, Joel. Um, but uh, but they'll have every opportunity to do that, um, buy out market before the trade deadline, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Luke, uh, what are your thoughts on you know Jimmy Butler's uh, basically four A first four games uh, with the Sixers? Um, I mean, real quick. If you consider shutting down, allowing a player to score 37 points on you and going negative two in the plus minus, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, he's been great for the team, and he did what he I didn't was say, doing what he needed to say, do. I didn't say he <laughs> shut him down. I said that was what he was tasked to do. Um, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I watched the game because <clears throat> it was on NBA TV. Um, I watched the game. He didn't shut him down, but, like, there were a lot of shots where he got up in him and contested and he missed them um, that maybe he would have made otherwise. And I think you have to take into account, too, that Phoenix was, like, really up for that game, both because Mikael Bridges was traded away from them and Rashawn Holmes was traded away from them. So both those guys were up, and DeAndre Ayton was up because, you know, um, you know, he obviously, you know, was, had some kind of like talking shit feud with Joel and B. So like you had a lot of guys who were trying to prove something. Um, 
so like I, I, I expect Phoenix to come out and play well. So, but anyway, um, go ahead. Keep talking shit about Jimmy Butler. <laughs> no, I mean, keep on hating, Luke. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, it's not the most impressive win to my mind. I mean, what's gonna catch them? Yeah. I mean, no matter what, like you said, they're gonna be just fine. They're gonna be in the buyout market like they were in last year, and it worked out perfect for them. They could still make another trade and all that. I mean, they kept on to the Heat. It's not like the Heat pick, so it's not like they gave up up a lot to get Jimmy Butler. So they can still do anything. It's I'm more worried about later on where the ball is being distributed. And at the end of the game, if Simmons is welcome to not having the ball much in his hands and not controlling the, you know, the, the what's going on on the floor and having to play off ball, because, you know, Jimmy kind of does, is a high demand player that I need the ball in my hands too. I mean, yeah, he's been playing well. So do you think, do you think that's going to be a problem throughout games, or do you think that's going to be a problem with in-game scenarios and, and Ben Simmons is going to be jealous because he doesn't have the ball in his hands? Because I would I, I would, I would agree with you on the, 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 the former point, if that starts to happen throughout games, but in the latter point, that's why they brought Jimmy Butler in, and I think Ben Simmons realizes that. And I think – I don't think he, he'll have a problem with Jimmy Butler having, his, having the ball in his hands for the last two minutes of the game. I mean, I don't, but, you know, I think Simmons is a smart player like that. But then, I, again, you know, you want – you know, you're the best at what you do on the court when the ball is in your hand if you are Simmons. So, I just think, you know, it's going to be interesting. They um, they haven't gone to much rotations without one of them, like all three of them been on the court. Uh, I think he Brown's going to have to figure out, you know, how to space them and not always – don't run them into the ground. I mean – if you look at it, you have a perfect scenario on what happened with the Timberwolves, you know, when they got Butler. Not saying, you know, they're the same players, but you had a center and a wing kind of, you know, getting acclimated to Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. and it, it worked out at first, <laughs> and then not it didn't. The <laughs> I, it's not the same. I'm not trying to say, but I'm just trying to say, you know, you have two young players that worked out kind of at first, and then, you know, the more scenarios that it wore on on the season and people weren't having the ball, let me ask you this, Luke. Uh, yeah. Real quick. Who's better, um, Joel Embiid or Carl Anthony Towns? Uh, Joel Is it Embiid taking you that long to answer the fucking question? <laughs> yeah, because Carl Anthony Towns is two different players. What's Jimmy Butler without? Two years ago when he was ending that season, when he didn't have Jimmy Butler, right now, Carl Anthony Towns was looking at – Right yeah, now. Right now – I gotta give him time without Jimmy Butler. What if he returns oh my like God. that? 13.5. such hey, an easy question. Um, All right, here's an easier well, question. Been Who's injured. better, okay, Ben Simmons, Simmons, Simmons or Andrew Wiggins? Simmons, <laughs> Simmons. you didn't even have to finish. That. All right, you didn't even so, have to finish. Like, <laughs> exactly. So, like, that's my but point. Like, both the and, man, and, both the man and the let man. me let me let me go to a non-biased uh, opinion here, Joel. Um, in your opinion. Who is better, um, Jimmy Butler or Joel Embiid, just over the course of a game? Who's who's a better player? Over the course of a game? Yeah. Oh, overall, man, they're both good yeah. offensively and defensively. I, oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, 
Who would damn? That's a really hard question, Jimmy Butler. At the end of the day, I want Jimmy because Jimmy can close games. I think Joel's still kind of struggling with that part of it, but it's it's kind of close. So, I mean, they're both really good. Okay, I would go. I would go with Embiid. I would say Embiid's a better player um, overall, um, just because like he's that much bigger, bigger that much stronger. He plays. <laughs> yeah. He plays defense. He can still do most of what Jimmy can do. Um, and can still, like, block shots and do all that shit, too. Um, but, like, as a closer, obviously, you know, Jimmy Butler's your guy. So, like, that's my point. Like, it, it, he's just he's, – he's surrounded by two young guys who are so much better than the other two young guys he was surrounded by. Um, so, I, I don't know. Passer, I don't, you know? Right. It's a different that type of player than Andrew Wiggins. Right. You know? Different diff, – very different from Wiggins, who is kind of, like – a, 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 almost like a Jimmy Butler wannabe, you know, like, um, yeah, diet like, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah, diet Jimmy Butler. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very different. Um, I, I do get the concern as far as how they're going to fit together, um, you know, but I don't, that, that honestly never really, I, I understand it, but it never concerned me. The biggest thing that concerned me about the trade was, um, you know, giving up uh, Covington, which is like, you know, their, their, their other defensive guy, and not having anybody mm-hmm. to play a full, the four. Um, but mm-hmm. I think Mascala can step in and play some valuable minutes for them and hit, hit some shots, and I think they can make a trade um, to get some guys in there. Um, and, and, you right. know, we'll see what Chandler does. So um, yeah. he, he concerns me always because of his injury. But uh, injury. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, his problem. You know, he can't stay healthy. It's pretty decent, but right. it, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, we got two more topics. Uh, y'all want to talk Markel Fultz and you know his bullshit, or do you want to talk J.R. Smith and his bullshit? Talk a little bit of both. I don't have to be take too long on either one. Okay. All right. Markel Fultz, per his lawyer's advice uh, or his agent's advice or what have you, uh, he's gonna sit out and wants to until he sees a shoulder specialist. Um, good, because the Sixers are going to be way better without him. They're going to be able to play T.J. McConnell, which they already kind of made that decision uh, in the last game. Um, they're going to be better without him. It's, it's just that's the way it's going to be. Um, and you know we'll see we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but I, it 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 does suck because it hurts any sort of trade value that that Fultz would have. But other than that. You know, as far as their roster is concerned, it doesn't hurt them at all, um, in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts, Joel? No, I don't disagree with you. I, I think it's exactly what needs to be done. He's obviously having issues, and if it's – I mean, I, I'm surprised that the lawyers got involved. That's pretty crazy to me. But I think it needs to happen. It's probably better off for both the Sixers and Pope for him to get healthy, 100% healthy, get looked at, make sure everything's 100% good, and then it gives the Sixers time to evaluate uh, who else can contribute to the team in the meantime while they figure out what the fuck's going on with Michael. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he probably should see whatever shoulder specialist, what have you, and, 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 you know, we – you know, I, I I sent y'all a message maybe like three or four days ago. Apparently, there's there's a guy in in, in Philly 
um, named Scoop B, which, I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. take take that for what it's worth as far as his credibility, his, his Scoop moniker. Scoop B? <laughs> Scoop B? Um, but, uh, but, yeah, he uh, he said that uh, Fultz got into a motorcycle accident um, mm. essentially between, um, you know, summer league and preseason uh, uh, of his rookie campaign. And that's why, like, his shot got all fucked up and his shoulder was fucked. Um, and right. it would it would certainly offer an explanation um, because there hasn't been anything um, to, 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 you know, firmly explain why what's happened has happened. Um, obviously, um, you know, <laughs> there, there are plenty of circumstances where, um, you know, you want an explanation and you hear something that makes sense and you're like, okay, yeah, that must be it. And then, you know, I try to, I feel like both you and me, Joel, try our best to like not buy into things like that. Um, or at least try to be trepidatious and and skeptical of things like that. Um, so, but nevertheless, that, that could make sense. Obviously he's still got, you know, his shoulder, um, issues, um, and that would explain a lot as to, you know, why, um, you know, he's had continuous problems with his shoulder. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, regardless of how we ended up, where we ended up, like, yeah, see your specialist, figure out what the fuck's going on, and work him back in via the G League, and hopefully – he can up his value, whether it be to your team or via trade value or what have you, um, because right now it's just so, so bad. <laughs> like um, his play and um, you know his his value. Because honestly, I, I like I saw his stats um, recently, and I watched that uh, both the Jazz game and the Phoenix game. And it was just, like, he's fluid. He he dribbles up the court with confidence and, and like, the dishes the ball off. Like, he, I mean, honestly, it's like they give him the ball, he dribbles up the court, he, like, gallops up the court, and then throws the ball to somebody else, like, immediately, and then runs into some kind of pattern and then never gets the ball back. And it, 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 I don't know. It's it's like it, it it's weird. It really is. Um, and you know, fuck. We're not even mentioning his juggle free throw shot. Like that thing is the fucking weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Like that thing yeah. is an abomination of free throw shots. And we have seen Shaq. We we've seen Walt Chamberlain. Uh, like throw granny shots. Like. That that right. thing is the worst free throw shot ever, ever, in in the history of basketball free throw shots, and so fuck, I don't know. Um, Man, we're, I want to see to... his college like highlights again. I'm like, did he ever shoot that bad in college? I'm like, what am I missing? No, How did he go ever, number one, ever, <laughs> never, never ever, oh, never ever. Oh, um, crazy. Like, no, dude. He he was really good in college, and that. That's what makes it even more weird. Um, but anyway, you know, I don't know. I, like, fucking fingers crossed, fucking thoughts and prayers, uh, best wishes, uh, good vibes, yep. 
all that jazz, like, to Markel Fultz, because hopefully he can fucking turn it around. Because um, I don't think he has much longer. Uh, if he doesn't turn it around by next, by the end of this season or, or next off season, I don't think the Sixers mm-hmm. pick up his uh, his, his fourth no. year team option. The, yeah, I mean, I don't know why he would. So. Um, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, hopefully he does, and hopefully uh, um, he can either become a, a valuable contributor on this team or, or another team. Uh, but anyway, we got about three minutes left. Jarrett Smith, <laughs> this motherfucker, <laughs> he straight out came, he straight up came out and was like, "The fucking Cavs are tanking," and they told us, you know, we were gonna try to compete this year, and he's like, "Nah, these motherfuckers are tanking." And mm-hmm. basically said, you know, talking a lot of shit about the team. Um, so now, of course, he's away from the team, and uh, they're they're seeking a trade. Good luck with that. Um, but he's yeah. also refusing, like, or or at least reluctant to a buyout. Um, my thing is this, Jr. If you want to get traded, you got to pull a fucking um, uh, Ryan Anderson. Uh, he has a $3.87 million buyout next season, or he's guaranteed $3.87 million uh, of his contract next season. Um, so, like, just basically be like, I will waive all of that so I have a completely non-guaranteed contract next season, making him virtually an expiring contract. Um, Man. If you trade me, like, that's that. That's the position that he's in. If he wants to get mm-hmm. traded, that's what he needs to do in order to get traded. And you know, he can he can basically by by doing that, he didn't have to like do that in order to get traded. But like what I'm saying is, he can kind of negotiate the team that he wants to get traded to if he was willing to do that. Um, but he's so right. reluctant about any of that, about giving up any money. Um, if yep. basically Jr. If you don't give up any money, you ain't going anywhere. What are your thoughts? We got ninety seconds. No, I agree. He has to. He has to be willing to give up a little bit. And a team like maybe who knows New Orleans. You know they can go out and go grab a guy like that. You know, uh, maybe they can trade Solomon Hill's a whack ass <laughs> to the Cleveland. If sure. want to go sit somebody, sit Solomon Hill. I don't think he'll have a problem with that. So, yeah, do something and just make yourself available. There are teams that are going to want you even because people need depth, man, and you're valuable. So just open, open your mind and, and get your ass out of Cleveland where you don't need to be anymore. Yeah, man, I totally agree. I'll tell you this. If he, if he agreed to fucking give up any amount of money that he's going to be owed next year, I'd fucking trade Bazemore for him in a heartbeat straight up fucking buy it, like, cut him and let him go pick any fucking team he wants to fucking be on. Like, and, you know, get that money for this year. So, like, there you go, JR. There's there's fucking, that's what you do. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, great show. Uh, Joel, as always, thank you for joining me, man. Uh, shout out to Juwan for fucking finally, uh, making an appearance, uh, on the show. Uh, shout out to Luke. Uh, for 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 being here for most of the show, uh, we'll see you next week. Be sure to check out uh, Dane tomorrow night, uh, and check us out this weekend for Geek Vibes Live. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, peace. Peace.